town was in flames. The narrow streets leading to the moat and the first terrace belched smoke and embers, flames devouring the densely clustered thatched houses and licking at the castle walls. From the west, from the harbor gate, the screams and clamor of vicious battle and the dull blows of a battering ram smashing against the walls grew ever louder. Their attackers had surrounded them unexpectedly, shattering the barricades which had been held by no more than a few soldiers, a handful of townsmen carrying halberds, and some crossbowmen from the guild. Their horses, decked out in flowing black caparisons, flew over the barricades like specters, their riders bright, glistening blades sowing death amongst the fleeing defenders. Ciri felt the knight who carried her before him on his saddle abruptly spur his horse. She heard his cry. Hold on, he shouted. Hold on. Other knights wearing the colors of Sintra overtook them, sparring, even in full flight, with the Nilfgaardians. This is Dark and Stormy Nights, the podcast where we read the first page, and only the first page, of every novel ever written. I'm your host, Vin LeBate. And I'm your other host, Ben Blackberg. And tonight we're talking about the first page of The Witcher, Blood of Elves, by Andrzej Sapkowski, published in 1994 and translated into English in 2008. And our guest tonight is Jeremy Greer. Welcome to the show, Jeremy. Thank you. Thank you both for having me. It's great to be here. So probably the question we should start with is, who do you ship Geralt with? Um, if the answer isn't Javier or Javier or whatever, whatever you pronounce it, uh, then we just need to, we just need, we just need to leave right now. I will just see myself out. <laughs> like we, we have a fundamental disagreement on everything. Um, I actually can't remember the name of the, the her name is escaping me. The dark headed woman, um, who is a Yennefer. major player in the show. Jennifer, thank you. Uh, geez, I used to do a podcast on these books and I have completely <laughs> forgotten everything. Um, Jennifer is probably my, my fave, although the show did make me think that, um, uh, Gerald and Jaske are, are the best. Yeah. Like in the game, I would probably not select, uh, Dandelion slash Jaskier, but there's a stronger argument for it. I think in the show, they're just so good together. Yeah. <laughs> on a slightly more on track note, well, I mean, uh, on, how on familiar a, are we all? <laughs> I was going to say on a, on a serious note in, in dragon age, what's your favorite relationship? major fantasy game uh, series of the last 10 years i uh i'm a mass effect man so i i don't i don't mess around with the dragon age uh, at all i don't I, I tried one of the games and i was like nope this isn't this isn't it does not have wow i am i am just spacing on every single name today <laughs> the the sniper guy that's so awesome at mass effect doesn't have that so i'm out hmm. um but actually uh, how familiar are we all with the witcher series of series <laughs> uh, uh, everything under the umbrella of uh, the witcher uh, i mm. am very unfamiliar i watched i think five no i watched maybe one or two minutes of the show mm. um it's the opening when he's fighting with a monster uh and i have never read the books and i have never played the games uh is there any other form that i could have avoided it in it uh, and I should say, like, this is not like a purposeful avoidance. I've just like, except for the show, I'll say that. Uh, I've just never uh, taken that final step over the line. 
I have, uh, I mentioned that I did a podcast on the books. We did um, most of the first book, um, which is a kind of a collection of sh- short stories loosely based on uh, fables and mythology from, from times of yore. But I haven't read much past that. I have played like the first major chunk of the third game, um, but I never got really past that. The open world kind of just was always a little too intimidating for me. And uh, I've watched the entire show. I've also watched the Polish TV show that existed. Ooh. And if you guys have, haven't seen that, <laughs> that's the first episode. Is, option. Yeah. I'll, uh, I think I still have it. If you want me to try to send you some of it. Um, it is, it's all like all of the subtitles are obviously fan made because at one point there's just a, like a paragraph that's for half the screen of some of these <laughs> subtitles. Um, and the story revolves around like baby Geralt uh, going into the woods and coming out with a girlfriend and a pet wolf at the age of like four is huh. rad as heck. It's my favorite Witcher story that I've ever read. It's him going into that, that or ever seen him going into the woods. So that's where I'm at. That, that, that does remind me. I have also, I actually have almost an exact match for that. I've played about the first third of the game. I've read maybe two thirds of that first short story collection and I've seen the series. I haven't seen the Polish series, but I did watch the anime that Netflix made. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did not watch that. I did not care to even try that, to be honest with you. Yeah, it was not great. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing that they, uh, the big, like, or Geralt's, like, the uncle guy, his uncle Witcher, his Witcher yeah. uncle, um, who's this like old grizzled dude in the games and, you know, in the books, uh, in that, in the anime adaptation, he looked like 22 or something. And it was just really weird to see that, that kind of adaptation. So I was like, you know what? I'll just skip it. It's not for me. Yeah. It's, it's specifically his, it's like a flashback. Well, not a flashback, but an earlier, it's just his story. Like you see Geralt at the end and he's like, again, about four years old. And completely bald for some reason. That is hilarious. I mean, maybe that's a thing in the books. When like (laughs) there's some training flashback where he's a bald child. (laughs) I I certainly hope so. Um, Can I ask what what prompted you to uh, do a podcast on the first book? So uh, my co-host on Monster of the Week is a huge Witcher fan. He has like life-size replica of the sword. Um, he's read all of the books probably multiple times by now. He's got an uncomfortable amount of hours into the games. Um, he is a huge, huge fan. Um, so when we started, uh, the Patreon for our podcast, we wanted to make exclusive content. Um, and at the time we had tons of free time. So it was just real easy to say, Oh yeah, we'll just start a new podcast. Why not? Um, and so me, him and my wife, autumn, uh, began doing like a short story at a time with the intention of going through all, if not most of the, of the series. Um, and then just got waylaid by real life stuff. Um, we also, my, my wife has, uh, like a super fancy important job. So she got to the point where she couldn't really record with us a lot. And we didn't want to go on without her because she was the funniest person on the podcast. (laughs) So we had to make, we had to just make different podcasts. Um, and it was a lot of fun, like going through those short stories, I think are, is is really interesting. Um, they are not even just from the first page of this, uh, they are not translated anywhere near as well. Uh, there's a lot of like kind of rocky language to it. Um, but they're still good. They're still really fun. Yeah, they'd also sort of read like someone's initial short stories going into a series. They're like not the most consistent or grounded. 
but there's some interesting stuff in there. Yeah, absolutely. Like they, they, they get, and they also not really concerned with giving you any kind of backstory at all. Um, so yeah, you just have to like, okay, this guy's a witcher and you have to pick up from context clues what that means. Um, there's no introduction to the world. It's just like, oh yeah, a witcher was going down a desert and a man in black followed. I mean, that's not exactly the story, <laughs> but you get it. Mm. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, those are, those are a weird introduction. And I think it, a lot of people point to this book that we're talking about today uh, as like where you should start because this is technically like the first book in the Witcher series, uh, even though those books existed before. So anytime you ask a bunch of Witcher nerds, like, which one should I start first? You just immediately go and get into an argument with everybody. So it's really <laughs> good. Well, I, I, I do like that. <laughs> Get, getting into arguments. Um, yeah, there's a strong case to be made for just having the third video game be your entry point because I think it's probably the strongest of the Witcher materials I've encountered. Absolutely. That first first major quest, like the Bloody Baron quest or whatever, I think everybody looks at is um it's it's really good and interesting and like one of the better video game written segments ever. And then you finish that and you're like, oh, there's a hundred thousand question marks on this map that I need to go <laughs> handle. And it just my my gamer anxiety just kicked in and I was like, I will never play this game again. <laughs> yeah. So, I've done that section twice. I always burn out right when, right when it's like, okay, now you're going to Skellige. And I'm like, ah, I don't know if I really have the emotional uh, space left for a whole nother map. Thank you. Yeah. And especially when you see that, like that next big cities uh, is like, there's tons of stuff to do there. And then there's other huge big cities. And I just like, just tap, I just tapped out. I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm sure this game is great. It, it, people rave about it. And maybe one day I will have, maybe it'll be like the wheel of time series. We'll all have a global pandemic and I will finish 14 books in 75 days. But no, <laughs> until that happens, I am not going to worry about this. Yeah. Hmm. But that first third remains extremely worth it just on its own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Which is like really impressive. Hmm. All right. So maybe it's time for us to get into the text. Uh, our first line is, the town was in flames, which is a line that does its job, I guess. Are you sure you don't want to talk about, like, uh, other other games? Isn't there a board game? Like, is there anything else besides this page that we <laughs> talk about? I just... <laughs> I'm pretty sure there is a board game, yes. I mean, there's got to be. There's, like, yeah. probably a Witcher-branded Monopoly at this point since the Netflix <laughs> series came out. Yeah. Uh, you can also... I think there's just an, an exclusive Gwent app for the uh, card game from the series. Which is also surprisingly compelling for a, a mini game. Yeah, they did like a full fledged, like not even like an app, like a phone game. Like they did a full fledged game game with that thing. Um, and I've never really been into, I never got into it or anything, but like it has a campaign and a story and like all kinds of stuff. So, wow. <laughs> there is, there is a board game. I'm looking at tiny little pewter figures of, from The Witcher right now. <laughs> oh, it's, it's that sort of game. Okay. Yes. But now I'm I'm just off looking at the Willow board game, remembering, uh, remembering when I used to have that and wondering where it went. Yeah, there's a strong chance I have that uh, in the closet on the other side of this wall. <laughs> okay, fine. Let's talk about this text. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting the impression that you don't quite like this page. Um. Well, traditionally, when I don't like a page at the beginning, by the end, I've uh, come around to it. And I could even feel myself a little bit, uh, taking that turn when you started talking about how, like the story just kind of like drops you in to action Mm -hmm. and like, doesn't explain anything. Uh, um, but yes. So as Vin was saying, the town was in flames, Mm -hmm. a sentence that 
starts in action. Uh, yeah, I think that this is uh, one of like even as much as I like, cause I would, I would say that I, I enjoy the mythology of the Witcher. Uh, this is one of the, like the most generic starting <laughs> things you would ever read. Um, I listened to your podcast on, um, a magica not long ago and like compared and contrasting like this, which is just a very just bog standard intro with like a guy's, philosophy about how stories only have three players at any given time is it's really really funny to me i was thinking that the entire time i was reviewing it right before we started the show so hmm. but, yeah it's this is uh, i was also thinking oh go ahead i i, I just want to say i i've I, I fully back your choice of the word generic there like I, I i looked up a bunch of other fantasy novels from 1984 and of course it's it's going to be a little different because this is in translation and also all the other books that I'm looking at were English language. So like reading the books that were being published in English and like, I don't know what, uh, uh, Andres, <laughs> you see how I like fade out on trying to pronounce his name. Uh, <laughs> let's look at that. Uh, Andres. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like, I don't know what he was reading, but like, I just looked at the covers of like, uh, like Glenn Cook's the black company. Uh, and of course, uh, Dragonlance, Dragons of Autumn Twilight, like also mm. 1984 and just like all these other books. And I'm just like, oh, like this was like, I would, I kind of want to read that instead because this doesn't seem to promise very much. Yeah. This is not a strong start for the series. I will say. Yeah. I think generic is probably, and I'm not, I don't even really mean that with any kind of malice, uh-huh. um, because I, I, especially as a, as a teenager and as a kid, I read a lot of fantasy novels. Like I was like, I wonder what Piers Anthony was writing in 1984. That makes, would mm-hmm. make me say that for the front page of whatever that book was, was, is probably generic. Um, and this still does get across like, Hey, there's a, there's a storm coming. Like there's, there's a, there's a war going on. Um, but it really does so with just using some very like basic language. Um, I don't think it's until you really start getting, I don't think the point of the books is really it's, it's language like at all, because I think that the, the thing that really comes out of it is the story and the interaction with the characters. And it's also the Witcher Geralt being just cutting through the knot of any problem that he comes across. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's really the fun part of it, especially that first like book of short stories is here's this like political issue and here's this dude just coming in and like, Nope, we're going to cut through right in the middle. Yeah. It's, it's fun to follow someone who like can walk into the most complicated situation and not actually give a shit about various forms of repercussions mm-hmm. that other people will have to deal with. But none of that comes across in this, right? Like, I mean, even our yeah. next paragraph is just like, there's a town over there. <laughs> it's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm sure there's a reason to start on the sacking of Sintra or whatever particular town this happens to be. But it does not showcase uh, what the series is good at at all. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I will say there's like, there's a particular knack he has with naming things. Like I always come back to Nilfgaard as the name of a place because it's so ridiculous. But after you've heard it about three times, you're like, yeah, Nilfgaard, that's scary. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like it has Nilf in it. 
<laughs> I feel like anytime you start uh, really analyzing um, fantasy names, you're just you're just gonna be in for a bad time. Like until it go, <laughs> until it hits that like level of popularity where all of a sudden people can just talk about ints like it's no big deal. <laughs> like yeah. it's always gonna sound a little odd. Yeah, uh, it's like like how are you feeling? Uh, still sad about the ent wives. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like a perfectly reasonable conversation to have today. Um, yeah, I, I will say. Just as a uh, Witcher neophyte, hearing people talk about the names, about like Geralt and Yennefer, like they're they're like, you you know, when you watch a movie uh, about like someone who makes bad movies or something and there's like the fake posters for their bad movies on the wall, Mm -hmm. you know, like this is not quite like bad fantasy, like Yennefer, like I'm, I'm, I'm actually a big sucker for, for, for names that are uh real world names but just like slightly twisted mm-hmm. so like like every every name here seems fine siri sintra nilfgaard um and i i do feel a little bad because uh, I, th- I think i've mentioned this before but uh, i took a translation course uh once mm-hmm. and for one of my assignments i did this uh i had bought this book of french uh, science fiction short stories and i translated one of them and my teacher was like okay like like this is what it literally says on the page but like you can't write that in english because you know like it will have the wrong meaning or like the the assonance will lead the uh, reader into like a certain rhythm you know and his example was from italian and i can't remember what it was but in english it's like the light of the uh what is it like the the, the light of the night was bright and he's like like that's literally what the Italian said, but like, I can't write that. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and I also remember that a friend in my class, uh, defended me by saying, uh, well, a lot of science fiction isn't written well, (laughs) which is still my favorite. Like, like I, like, I don't think she was trying to hurt me, but like, oh boy, that was, yeah. Uh, (laughs) was that with Bill Weaver? Yes. Yes. I took, I don't know if I was in that class or a different one. Um, because that was the semester I dropped out and I don't remember much of it very well. <laughs> um, yes, but yeah. I did also take a translation class with him and he was super cool. Yeah. But like, like the, uh, like, the translator of Umberto Echo. Yes. Who taught at our college for a while. And yes, had, had wonderful stories actually. Okay. I, I, I can tell this story about him. Uh, after college, I moved to England on a, uh, like a, a student visa that you could get. And I, was there for six months and was not having a good time. And at some point I wrote him to get a recommendation for some, uh, some graduate program maybe. Uh, and I mentioned like, Oh, I'm not having a good time here in England, but like, I'm looking forward to blah, blah, blah. And he wrote me back and he said, uh, I happen to have some money in a, in a, an English bank that I can't use. So here's a a check for 50 pounds. Um, which was like, $75, $80 $75, $80 maybe at the time. Uh, and it was just such a sweet gesture. Um, yes. There, 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 there's a story. Yeah. He was on my moderation board and their conclusion uh, at, when I, while I was moderating into the English department was like, yeah, we'll let you in, but are you sure you wouldn't be better off moving to Prague for a few years? <laughs> are you serious? And I think probably they were right, but it's a little late for that now. Wow. Um, <laughs> yes, no, it was, a, it was a, he, he, he was a special guy. Um, but getting back to the text, 
Uh, I had some trouble reading this, like both preparing for this and, as you may have heard, trying to read it out loud, because some of the sentences are, uh, they kind of go on, and sometimes there are certain clauses uh, where I don't want them to be. Yeah. Uh, such as in the sentence, Siri felt the knight who carried her before him on his saddle abruptly spur his horse. Like, uh, again, actually, going back to, to, to William Weaver, uh, at one point, someone said, like, well, it's written in the book this way, and so this would be the translation, but that doesn't sound good. And like, that's not a, like, that doesn't make sense. Like, like, what would you do? And he's like, I would fix it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's, it's your name on the book too. Right. Uh, was kind of something he said. Um, and so if someone gave me this sentence, I just feel like I would say Siri felt the knight who carried her abruptly spur his horse or like I just carried her before him on his saddle, like before him and on his saddle are things that I don't need exactly to picture this. And maybe again, uh, sorry, and I feel like I'm monologuing, but, um, maybe this is an effect of this being 1984, but like, like, I guess I just, I, I know what a city under siege looks like at this point. Mm-hmm. And like maybe in 84, he had to sort of walk through a little bit more, you know, I don't know. What do you guys think? So I'm, I'm curious because, uh, there was a time in my life that I hadn't ever read the Lord of the Rings. Um, and it wasn't until I was probably like 18 or 19 that I decided to finally pick up this tome that I was, that just said, everybody had said was so great, but I'd never really gotten around to reading it. And by then I had read, I was a voracious reader as a teenager. Like I was, I was showing up to sixth and seventh grade with hardback Stephen King novels in my hand. Like I was, I was, I was reading anything I could get my hands on, especially horror, sci-fi, fantasy, just anything. And when I picked up Lord of the Rings, it was, it was good. <laughs> like, I'm not going to say Lord of the Rings is bad. Right. But, uh, compared to everything that had been written in the subsequent, like, or excuse me, subsequent, like 80 years or however long it had been, it felt very plain. Um, and a lot of that, when I've, when I read it since, like I get a lot of joy in some of the descriptions, um, and things like that, but you know, I knew what an orc was, right. Mm-hmm. You knew what a town on, and, and, and on fire was like when I was reading that, I was like, I kept waiting for the thing to hook me. And I wonder if, is some of that happening here with you and the Witcher of where it's so ubiquitous as a, as a concept now because of the Netflix show and because of the video games and how popular they are that when you like read this page, you're like, but this is just, this is just a book. <laughs> this is just a, a, a city on fire. Um, yeah. And because we're not getting into what makes the Witcher special, which is those characters and those character interactions and those kind of plot points and some of the weird mythology around uh, what a Witcher is. Uh, I wonder if that's why it's just failing to hit you. Yeah, I think that's, that's very reasonable. Um, like there's something about this, um, I mean, even like the things that you like, uh, I think there's definitely a place for generic fiction, uh, like something that's just like a straightforward fantasy or like a straightforward romance. Like, it's always funny whenever people who are not romance writers say like, oh, I'm going to write a romance, but it's, it's going to like break this convention and like not have a happily ever after. And it's like, well then like you're going to disappoint a lot of people who like that. Like that's <laughs> part of what they like. Right. And like, I, 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 I'm a big fan of like, I, like I'm just imagining if this came out in 84, uh, <laughs> uh, like I would be all over it. 
and definitely I think there's something like coming to it now and I'm just like, well, I don't get it. Where's like, <laughs> where's, where's my relationship options? Where's my, like mm-hmm. my sub quest where I can marry this person or something. Uh, and like, it is just like, okay, a town is under attack. Someone is being rescued. Like, um, yeah, it's just, it, it, it's very generic. And that is a good thing if that is what you want. Uh, but at this point in my life, I, I think I need a little something more than that. Yeah. Like if I were an editor, I would have just been like, you should swap this around and lead with your strengths. Because like, I know that there's more interesting stuff in this series than this. Mm. <laughs> I should, I should say, uh, all of these protests, uh, aside, I, I have just put a hold on the book, uh, at the <laughs> library. Uh, so there's that actually the, the first book, uh, the short stories, um, you know, Maybe, maybe those will be a little uh, a little quicker to showcase something interesting uh, and original. Yeah, actually, I think that collection is is very your speed. Actually, it's a lot of like very weird takes on folk tales. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. the uh, The Beauty and the Beast story and that is really interesting <laughs> to mm. me. <laughs> but they're all they're all super like they're they're very. I mean, I don't, I don't know anything about the author or really the country that he came from, um, comes from or anything, but like, it just, it felt like, you know, Eastern European versions of stories that had been, I've read like Americanized stories of Eastern European (laughs) fairy tales. So reading those like the first time, like really pulls you into the world because you, you deal with dramatic moments and interesting characters and all these things. And, um, yeah, like it's just 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 stuff that does not exist on this page. Like about the only thing that you can really pull out of this is uh I mean they've got some 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 cool like I don't know what a comparison is, right? But that's got to be like mm-hmm. a cool cloak or cool cape. I don't know what that word means, but you're like like one of those like horse blanket things maybe. No, no, because my, my wife has three horses and I would have heard comparison oh, if it's true. something you could buy for a horse. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> um, yeah, um, it is, oh, no, you're spread. absolutely right. It's an ornamental covering spread over a horse's saddle or harness. I have just, oh, wow, shit. okay. Yeah, so you, you nailed that. Um, it is also a brand of guitar, which is very weird. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that kept coming up when I was Googling. I was like, okay, like where's where 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 are the other horse... Uh, the horse branded uh, rock uh, instruments. Hmm. Well, now I've got to fi- figure out how to get my wife a comparison before uh, Christmas rolls around. <laughs> I do. Uh, I do want to note that this one, the Yanush <laughs> uh, A. Uh, Yadel Zadel Award. Gosh. Uh, uh, apologies to Polish speakers, but uh, <laughs> uh, I do not speak polish very well since my family fled the country uh but <laughs> Jadl? Um, i might say Jadl. yeah it feels like that right uh but i, yeah. I want to uh I, I found so this one the 94 novel award the nominate the the other nominees were <clears throat> uh a book called iwanki i don't know uh but the the, the other three nominees uh, I, I think also have a sort of very generic titles that i just wanted to get your opinions on uh, the Prodigal Brother, Blood and Stone, and Heart of the Mountains. Those all sound like Witcher books to me. Yeah, they <laughs> they all really just are. Was it was it the best Witcher book category? Like, yeah, like the- isn't Blood and Stone the the, the expansion? It's, it's, 
Yeah, it's the DLC, right? I'm not I'm not making that up. <laughs> Wait, Blood and Wine. Oh, it's Blood and Wine and Hearts of Stone. Well, I mean, so close. <laughs> so yeah, you just squish them together. There you go. So yeah. So again, like, I, like th- it could just be one of those things. Like, and actually, something, something. Uh, it's always funny when like a certain book or style kind of wins culturally, you know. Hmm. And like, and then you go back to it, and it's like, well, this doesn't seem interesting because like it's all around me now, right? It's like, you know, like back in 1984, I remember. <clears throat> I remember going to sleepaway camp uh, one year and I got sick and in the infirmary, there were a bunch of X-Men comic books and I had never seen them. Uh, And it was the Phoenix saga. And that was like, like slightly feverish, uh, like in this weird place uh, away from my parents and family uh, and also away from my friends, just like getting absorbed into this weird world. Uh, like, Like, I feel like if I gave a kid the Phoenix saga now, they'd be like, like, yeah, the movies. Like, I understand. Like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like slightly feverish is the ideal state in which to read the Phoenix Saga. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or just Chris Claremont in, in general, like, which is like the the hugely purple prose that that dude will, will, will write into an average comic book is yeah. absolutely hilarious and over the top. Um, a, a lot of ways, it's been funny that you bring up X-Men because uh, on my other podcast, we talk a lot about X-Men stuff because it is an X-Men podcast. Oh. <laughs> and um, one of the things we started out on the animated series and uh, when I was a kid, I, you know, I loved the animated series. Like I was, I was, I was the age group. I was collecting comics. I was, you know, a kid, <laughs> like I loved the X-Men. So I was, I was in the pocket for that stuff. Um, but I didn't have like a reliable way to watch them. So I would just like, whenever that they would show up or turn on or be aired or whatever, uh, you know, I would, I would just watch them and they would usually be out of order or I'd mm-hmm. miss like part three or part four. And a lot of ways, like, X-Men comic books were like that for me too, because I live in the rural South. I didn't have a comic book store. I was buying comic books out of a, like one of those little rotating racks at the pharmacy that my grandmother would go to, to pick up her pills. Um, Mm -hmm. So like we would get monthly comic books, but there was a lot of like, I I had no like background history on this stuff. So it felt to me as I was reading it, like there's this huge world to explore and I have no idea about it. And a lot of ways, I think that's how the Witcher comes across because I think a lot of people have read some of the books. They've played a little bit of the game. They've watched the Netflix show. So everybody has like this interesting and very personal opinion about what the Witcher is. (laughs) And they bring that to, you know, some of the, some of the media. So I'm, I don't know. It's it's a weird comparison. I've never thought about comparing (laughs) X-Men and Witcher before. Um, But yeah, it's, it's, since you brought it up, I would, I decided to go on a rant about it, I suppose. Hmm. No, that makes a lot of sense. Like in terms of like, I remember, okay, and here's another one. So like Greek mythology, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I remember uh, an Instagram I follow that showcases vintage RPG material, uh, the vintage RPG uh, Instagram account, um, uh, posted something recently uh, about Greek myths and like the book that he had growing up. And I remember I had one book of Greek myths and I thought like, this was the story. And then like later on, I would talk to people and they're like, oh yeah, when like Persephone does this. And I'm like, that's not what she does. Uh, like there, there, there's a way in which like, uh, only having part of the story of the Witcher kind of feels like, uh, a, uh, pre-literate, uh, culture of like, uh, you know, mythology and folktale where it's like, everyone has their own version, you know, it's like, oh yes. Like in Theseus, of course, visited our town. Um, Mm -hmm. whereas like, once you get into like the mass media of like 
let's say like a movie where like this is the version this this is days of future past right like or like this is how magneto met uh professor x um i don't know uh where i was going with that but <laughs> you know, there's something about it, it it's just interesting i mean <clears throat> it is interesting to me looking up witcher seeing how like there were popular polish books but like not necessarily breakout books as far as i understand um but it became a video game and it kind of broke out there and then it became a or like and at the same time also like a tv show in poland and then like internationally through netflix um so it, it it just has kind of an interesting uh growth uh yeah it's it's a very odd situation where like you can point to specifically like the writing in the video game being such a standout that it elevates the rest of the series like that's usually the opposite of what you can say about you know multimedia properties yeah absolutely um it's it's such a it's such a weird thing to to have happened um i mean normally every single video game you ever play is written worse than almost every movie <laughs> and book that you will ever read and some comic mm-hmm. books so <laughs> okay Fine, I'll, I'll put it on my Steam wish list. <laughs> and people will tell you, like, the first two games aren't particularly approachable at all. Like, they've got good writing, but, like, the mechanics of them are pretty stiff and like, it's, they're relatively difficult. Um, and I've never, ever once in all of the times that I've tried to play Witcher 3 enjoyed the combat a single time. <laughs> like, mm. it's just not, it's not, I don't know if it's, like, me being so addicted to Dark Souls or the game just not really centering that as a priority. And I, I know people that like it, but I just have never had a good time at it. And if that's what you're doing for a, a large amount of it, then I don't, I'm just not having fun. Yeah. It's definitely combat that is there, but like there's so much going on in that game that the combat can be an afterthought, even given the amount of time you're doing it. Exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Well, um, I, I do want to, well, Okay. Is there anything in this page that you would like to praise? <laughs> it feels like, I don't know, like a, like a, like a, like a thing a, a gym coach or a gym teacher uh, might try to get uh, people to be nice to, uh, mm. to, well, not to put too fine a point on it, to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's like, okay, but like, did you notice his style? No. Um, is like, he got, he okay. got up six feet on that rope, everybody. I know I told you he had to go all the way to the top, but he got six feet and we should all give him a clap. Yeah. 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 Like you're only, you're, you're only in a race against yourself. Okay. Yeah. As I mentioned, I am actually fairly fond of like the naming conventions and like the existence of the word Nilfgaard. Like the Nilfgaard is great. Right. And Sintra is also a good name. Nilfgaard feels like a really good name. Like I would, I would, I would be down for to have like a jersey that said Nilf Guardian, like, you know, oh <laughs> seven on the back of it or something. That probably almost definitely exists. So yeah. There is I, I um if I were the editor, I would probably I, I might think to change this, but it, it is interesting to me that in the first three paragraphs, the ones that have like no named people or point of view, like there's something very like cool and dispassionate about, like, you know, the barricades, which had been held by no more than a few soldiers, a handful of townsmen carrying halberds, and some crossbowmen from the guild. Like, there's something very, um, I don't know, uh, historical, maybe? Like, 
it like it it has a certain precision uh yeah i'll say like knowing what i know about the larger milieu of the witcher like that does a good job of conveying the way in which like the world is a sort of fixed state mess like there's always (laughs) going to be this awful chaos going on all the time and the characters that you end up like focusing on will be as trying to move around in that rather than like, and, you know, dealing with some large scale problems, but like they're not going to be able to make a difference mm-hmm. to the war. Right. And, and as, as trite as it might sound too, like that's one of the appeals of Geralt as a character, because when you get into him, when you get into the books a little bit, you realize like he has no interest in being the hero of the story. Mm-hmm. Like his, his only real goal until Siri shows up really is, Hey, I'm going to, I, I, I'm just going to go make some money. Like I'm trying to find the monsters. I'm trying to kill the monsters and I'm trying to get people to pay me to kill the monsters. Like that's really all I'm here to do. If you can't pay me to kill the dragon in your backyard, good luck with that dragon in your backyard. I will see you later. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a sense in which Geralt is a noir protagonist. <laughs> like he is in, in a certain real sense, the detective who's there to do a set of specific jobs occasionally get the shit kicked out of him get mixed up in stuff he doesn't want to be involved in and like you know come through in the clinch occasionally Mm -hmm. that that sounds very interesting yeah i i I can't imagine picking a worse page to really introduce yourself to the (laughs) wizard yeah (laughs) like it just i mean and it's because it's just it's pure setup um how many times and apologies i haven't listened to all of your episodes or anything but how many times does reading like a one page and when you're kind of feeling like not necessarily negative, but uninspired by it, do you actually go and like try to finish the books? Like I know not everybody has time to read everything, but like, do you, do you guys just push through anyway? Like, well, there might be something past this or. <laughs> uh, I, I don't even read the books. I like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I have as, as listeners will uh, probably be well familiar right now, not a very functional reader at the moment. So like even the ones that really grab me, I'm still like, oh, this will go on the list and maybe in a couple of years when my brain works, I will read it. It's fair. Absolutely fair. Yeah. I mean, the the other thing is like, I am not sure. Uh, it's funny you, you mentioned that list, Vin, because recently I was, uh, I just like downloaded some books and I was like, uh, like, I don't, I don't know why I did this. Like they're not on my list. So I looked at my list and I grabbed the first thing that was on it, which was uh, a Michael Moorcock uh, Elric book, which might be an mm. interesting comparison in terms of like, it's a fantasy story with like a central protagonist who's not very good at fantasy uh, or is a, a, a little uh, askew uh, from the worldview uh, of everyone else. Uh, I'm trying to think of like, what was the last book that I read that I liked? Oh, uh, Lisa Goldstein's The Red Magician. <laughs> Uh, speaking of people fleeing uh, European war uh, or dealing with war, which is also interesting. Like, I love that, like that. Uh, sorry, just to go back to what you said, Van, about like uh, the world being a mess and people not being able to solve it uh, individually. Like there's no like chosen one narrative. Uh, at least that's the impression I got. Is, is there a chosen one narrative? There kind of is, but it's not. Ah. As uh, <laughs> yeah, Siri, who we meet on this page, is kind of a chosen one, um, but it's not going to be as clean as your standard chosen one narrative. 
Yeah, it's it's the series the whole quest thing is is for my understanding because I haven't actually dug real deep into it is is it's not the typical chosen one, but it is like the chosen one. Um, yeah, she's chosen to be like kind of screwed from my understanding. I'm a I'm a rereading the Expanse novels right now, oh, and uh, the, the last one's coming out. The last one's coming out in like a week and a half, um, okay. and also kind of coincides with like. I'd, I'd been meaning to watch the TV show for a while. And so I just started putting the TV show on, on the background when I was doing other things. And now I'm completely addicted to the TV show. So, mm. um, but in that, in, in those novels, there's no typical, like there is a, what you would think of as a typical hero character, but he barely does anything good. And most of the times he's just kind of fumbling his way through and it's just really, it's really adorable and charming in a <laughs> dumbass kind of way. <laughs> Pardon my language. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking about, Actually, I've been thinking about rereading those. Uh, uh, I enjoyed them all. Uh, the ones that I read, like the first four or five. I don't even mm-hmm. remember. Uh, uh, I want to say one of the last ones kind of tired me out with just like, like, like it was perfectly written in the sense of like, like it built up this sense of dread about like, like the bad thing that was going to happen. And I was just like, ah, I just don't want, I don't want to read about any bad things happening right now uh, <laughs> to these people. And this, this by the way, was like six years ago. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's, there's one of the books that is very much like you're on an alien planet and people start getting a mysterious disease um, that they can't control. And, you know, and in 2021, you're just like, wow, that's maybe like, I'm glad the TV show is speeding through this pretty quickly because <laughs> yeah. it's 700 pages of a book goes a little bit slower than, you know, eight episodes of a TV show nowadays. But, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I, I kind of feel like, like in all those books, and I, I wonder if this would be an interesting comparison to the Witcher, but like, uh, the alien worlds are always going to be a problem, but also the people around you are, some of the people around you are also going to be a problem. Like it's, it's always just like, mm-hmm. Oh, well this faction doesn't get along with that faction or yeah, the, yeah. the books, the books deal with that pretty explicitly. Um, and also kind of have a thread of hope of, you know, people have gotten like, we, we've survived for billions of years, like just by getting through. Right. Um, and the existence of crazy alien technology isn't going to really change that. And from what I understand with the Witcher, you, you get some of that too, is even in some, even in some places where you would expect to see like a shining beacon of it's typically a sign that Apple really wants me to update to the latest operating Ooh. system, which really sucks. Um, I don't know when it stopped recording. So, uh, I'll, I'll just kind of re-say that thought. Can you guys edit that together? Or do I need to, what, what's the easiest way to come out of this? Just keep talking. Okay. Um, oh, and I've completely forgotten my train of thought. So make that perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Great. Uh, humanity, right guys? <laughs> That's the point I was trying to make. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to make this any more difficult for you to edit. Like, what, what if you guys say something now? <laughs> uh, how, how about that cover? Yeah, the uh, we have kind of a uh, sad selection of covers for this one. Like the one that comes on the edition that I took this page from is just a bloody shield with some arrows on it, which doesn't say a whole lot. And then the like alternate one that I found is, you know, it's Geralt with a sword and an axe in front of a tower. It's not bad, but, you know, it's very much just like it's the Witcher. <laughs> yeah absolutely like this this is just like when you talk about like kind of generic 
<laughs> like here's a guy with a sword with some scars on his back in front of a you know in front of a castle like there's nothing too inspiring like it's nice artwork and i don't, I don't want to take anything away from the artists yeah. or anything because like hey i can't i can't make a glistening dude look this good mm-hmm. but it, it is very it is very fantasy 101 just like the first page is <laughs> yeah like it's well composed but it tells me nothing do, do, do we know why he's glistening I guess that why not <laughs> why <sweat>. not <laughs> yeah i'm so, probably a mix of sweat and blood it's gerald the dude, the dude glistens. You know, some guys got it, some guys don't. I'm one of those guys that glistens in the worst way possible. So, like, I'm, it's, I'm happy to see somebody pulling it off for once. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so some of us are uh, Henry Cavill. Hmm. And so, actually, I guess most, most of us, us are. are absolutely not statistically. On that note, I think we are actually bumping up against time. Uh, anybody have any final thoughts? I am. Um, if your listeners are like, uh, this book sounded kind of boring and generic because you kept saying it was boring and generic. I just, I just want to encourage them to like, give it a little bit more of a shot than, than we have on this podcast, because it is good. Like there's some interesting writing in here. And the only reason I haven't actually gone back and read these books is because I'm waiting for a time for my wife to get fired so she can start podcasting with me again. So we can continue (laughs) to show, um, which hasn't happened yet because she's really good at her job. She keeps getting promotions. So she has less time to podcast with me. So, um, but I, I, I really, really liked what I read of these and I, 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 it's been on my, you know, we talked about a list, but it's been on my list to go back to for a while now. Yeah. There's a lot of inroads to the Witcher. So like if this page doesn't sound like it's doing it for you, there's a game, there's a TV series, there's the short stories. So like, if you're interested in the concept, but not what you've been pitched so far, just poke around. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I do want to say a, a special shout out for this, uh, one, quote from the author uh which is on his wikipedia page where he says well first of all he 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 mentions his favorite writers ernest hemingway mikhail bulgakov raymond chandler umberto echo Hmm. uh, which is a pretty good list um and then says something about uh women are generally stronger than men all power of this world should be in the hands of women which uh and he's an atheist so there's there's something here so the guy can't be all that bad (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's two yeah. points. He, he's got three things going for him <laughs> also i mean uh I, I i would be curious to hear the conversations that went on around the the video game like they came to him and said like oh like we like this world we would like to make a video game of it and was he was he like like okay sure like it's money or was he like oh i love video games is it going to be like a banjo kazooie style <laughs> <laughs> I think there's some there's some drama about that, right? Because he he signed those agreements, not really ever expecting the games to get popular, and then the games got super popular. So he went back to uh, whatever the name of the company is. I can't think of the top of my head. What is it about being on a podcast that makes you forget every single name you have ever <laughs> learned in your entire life? Uh, was it was it CD Projekt CD, Red CD, when they yes, started? Yes, CD Projekt Red. Yeah, thank you. Um, but they made such money. They made a huge amount of money. And then he wanted to come back and like renegotiate, I think, or, or something like there was some drama around this at one time. So, yeah, they're not known for great business practices or practices in general. <laughs> no, not, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, before we get into more trouble, uh, Jeremy, where can the people find you? The best place to follow me is on Twitter is twitter.com slash JG Greer. Uh, I do podcasts. Um, so you can come listen to my X-Men podcast at daysoffuturecast.com. Me and my friend Gary started with the animated series. Uh, 
of X-Men back in the, from the 90s. And uh, nowadays we're doing comic books. We are on the insanely long Avengers versus X-Men crossover event. For some reason, we said, let's read all of the tie-in books. <laughs> and we are, we are trapped in Avengers versus X-Men hell now. <laughs> I, have to, I have to read a book about the Red Hulk, which <laughs> is like, you're going to be like, there's uh, a Red Hulk? Or you're going to be like, oh God, there's a Red Hulk. There's only two reactions to that incident. <laughs> so, um, mm-hmm. And then I have another podcast called Monster of the Week, which you can find at monsteroftheweek.cool. Um, that's a podcast on the TV show Supernatural that I do with my buddy Chris. Uh, we take a pretty deep and funny and um irreverent <laughs> i guess breakdown of every episode of the tv show tv show supernatural and we are almost at the end of season 15 which is the last uh season that almost broke the internet <laughs> so um yeah those those are the places that you can find me Thanks for joining us on Dark and Stormy Nights. I've been your host, Ben Blackberg, and you can find me on Twitter at InCatastrophe. And I've been your other host, Ben LeBate. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Reciprocity. You can find the games that I write at MrReciprocity.itch.io. And you can find my other podcast, The Chimera, at TheChimera.space, on Twitter at ChimeraPod, or on your podcast app of choice. For show updates, follow Dark Knights Reads on Twitter or visit darknightsreads.com. And we'll meet you back here next week. <laughs>